can't say on the radio podcast. Welcome. Glad you're here. How's your tummy? Upset from all that Halloween candy? Oh, yeah. Still eating so much. How much did you bring today? Uh, I think I brought like a good baker's dozen of uh, little chocolates. So in all reality, like two and a half chocolate bars? Yeah, I suppose. It's not that bad. I love the justifying. That, <laughs> real, with emphasis on that. Not very bad. Um, I finished all of mine. Sorry, They're all wh- gone. Sorry, what? Whew. They're all gone. I'm telling Done. you... Um, they're all gone. If there is a problem in my house, instead of hiding it or just simply not eating it, I get rid of it with my mouth, <laughs> which I just realized sounded way dirtier than I wanted it to. Uh, yep. Nope. All the chocolate. The only thing that's left in my house now is coffee crisp, and I hate it. It tastes like coffee breath. So I when I so I, I made the pact to myself, and I did break it, but I am acknowledging that I had a single. Coffee crisp, and not in the bragging, but in Laura, you can relate. Yeah, you sound like bragging. No, 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 but you and I, we relate in the sense that we struggle with self-control. If something is in the house, we'll eat it. If it's not, I can usually not even think about it. But if it's there, I'm going to find it and I'm going to consume it. I was like, you know, I don't, this year for Halloween, I'm not going to get after all the crazy candy. Because in years past, I have put a dent in it. But equally, I had been working out and really active, so it kind of offset it. I don't have that luxury right now. Is I've I've just been lazy. I have not committed, so that that's where it's at. But one coffee crisp because I was uh, someone in my house has never had it. Man, did that thing taste good? And I don't drink coffee. Backstage, Sadie got a full coffee crisp and gave it to Sarah, her mom, yeah. because she was like, I don't like coffee crisp. And then yesterday, while she was doing her homework. She ate one and discovered she loved it and then continued to eat nine more. She had a little mound of just Coffee Crisp wrappers. (laughs) Ah, what a girl. And I didn't want to be like, oh, bet you regret giving her that full one now, huh? (laughs) You should have rubbed it in and maybe had her mom go buy her a replacement. That's a good call, yeah. Just saying. I don't know. If you start to do that, though, Jeff, I don't know if you saw this. You do not see the wonderful illustration that backstage Sadie did of her father for Halloween. I saw that last night. Turns out Benny's a bit of a dick of a dad. What? For that illustration. No way. He's an angry man all the time, according to Sadie. Uh, this did is you see the, the caption? She... Don't kiss my daughter. She's six years old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I might be a little upset, too. Yeah. <laughs> She's just so little. Leave it alone. Um, I do like the fact that Benny is going to get tattoos designed by his kids. I miss that window. My 10-year-old, her, honestly, her art mm. skills kind of suck. And, you know, Reese, <laughs> for that matter, too. So it would look like little kids did it, but I thought that would have been a cool start to. That's to even a, that's a better story to be like, yeah, my kids gave it. My yeah, kids wrote this. Oh, well, it's beautiful. When did they, how old were they? Yeah. 14. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. She's 15. What am yeah. I saying? 15. Oof. Yeah, it'd probably be just a pile of emojis. That's how she communicates now. I, if I showed you the text string of emojis and all she wanted was a she wanted a loaf of bread but not wonder bread she wanted like fresh bread from the bakery you know for oh, three or four bucks yeah, yeah. it's like fine but can you just say dad if on your way home would you mind stopping to get a loaf of bread come on child i don't get it but uh, i i'm more um, a mini update as laura leads the way with tattoos in the show I think in the next six months, probably going to join you. Narrowed it down to, a, I had five different patterns slash ideas, suggestions. It's down to the top three. And now I'm going to refine all three. I've actually had some communication with a couple of different artists just to see their timelines. And if the stuff that I want is a specialty they enjoy doing. 
Wow, good for you. Considering, it. well, it's been like a year on this podcast. Every now and then we'll talk about your various ideas for <laughs> tattoo options. And you've gone pretty hard from one way to the other. Some tattoo ideas, I think we flat out told you, please don't do that. Some tattoo ideas, your wife yeah. have said, please don't do that. Yeah. Well, she, I'm happy for you that you're nailing it down. She and, and uh, most other of her, like her friends, like, no, nah, you're too old for it. Like, what do you mean too old for it? I, if you if you spin it the other way, I'm going to be old, and those tattoos will look vibrant and fresh and detailed. Yep. And the kids that I went to high school with that got ink done, they look terrible now. The products are better. The science is better. And I'd like to suggest the artists behind it are better. Mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with a wonderful, actually, shout out to you. I don't think you listened to the podcast, but uh, a wonderful listener who was my esthetician for the day at the spa mm-hmm. last week. We're talking about tattoos. Because I will probably be getting inked again in Brazil in a couple months. And I was talking about how I like to try and get a tattoo every other year. But some of my friends are always just up my butt about, oh, when are you going to get your next tattoo? When? What's it going to be? Blah, blah, blah. And I don't, I actually, I understand those who want to get all of their ink young. However, for me, I feel like, what if, what if you like getting tattoos and then you fill up the whole page and then what? That's it. You're going to have to wait for them to fade before you can go over them, kind of like what Travis Barker is doing right now. Or you could just wait and kind of go as you go along. I think there's nothing wrong with getting tattoos when you're older. You look fly. I was going to say. You're going to get addicted. You both will. I love the pain. I can't do <laughs> sleeves simply because I just don't know if I fit Why? that look. Well, uh, to be blunt, I have so many moles and freckles. It would look weird. I would have to have. No, they get tattooed over. You won't be able to see them. Oh, no. And then but the, Or I've make had... them part of the tattoo. Like if you have an Audi mole, make it like an eyeball. Ooh, <laughs> fun. I have, I've had so many cut, I think six, between six and eight cut off in various parts of my body. Uh, knock on yeah. wood. Well, I just as a kid, I was able to tan up until about 10 or 11, and then my skin turned, and I just started burning every time I was in the sun. And in a matter of a couple of years, I had all these moles and freckles. Did you know, little known fact, you're born with them? And your body basically decides through the course of your life. To push them out. Exactly. Oh, wow. How present they're going to be. And I've actually had two reabsorbed, one on my arm and, uh, and and one on my leg. Like it was there, it was prominent. And at one point I was concerned and I'm talking to my dermatologist. I looked this up. I sound like an idiot because I'm, I'm talking in lay people terms. But she's like, no, your body is reabsorbing that mole. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, probably six months to a year. It'll be gone. The next year appointment, she compared photos. Gone. Like it never existed. Could you imagine yeah. if you were the person that came up with a way to reverse that? So I have no moles and freckles. Man, oh man, you you could, in a lot of ways, help people. Like, Because my big thing is melanoma. That's my great concern and worry because m- moles can turn real quick. Not having that, oh, I'd be out in the sun all day. I'd be, you could just call me Louisville as in Slugger, the yeah. baseball glove. I'd be so tanned because <laughs> that's the tough part. Tanned people look way healthier. Yeah. They look way healthier, but they're... I know, I know. I mean, Wait, there's fake tanning, though. There's fake tanning. Don't knock that. I love a good St. Tropez. Get that sponge out and go for it. You can look very good with fake tans nowadays. Would recommend. I think it's a matter of practice, too. I've never done it. So I, I'd look like what, my kid coming home in kindergarten with a watercolor. Like, ooh, look at that. You know, <laughs> that was not evenly laid across <laughs> the canvas. That's, that's my worry. And I, I had done that... 
full disclosure, it was just before our wedding. I thought, okay, I should I should get a little color for this. We got mem- uh, married in the fall, so it was starting to fade. Thank God I did a test run. It was orange. It was a shopper's quick buy $15 bottle, and it did not look good. And it, had I done that close to the wedding, I would have ruined the pictures. Yeah, there, and I would say the fake tans have come a long way, but I will t- let you know this. Once either of you get tattoos, Benny, who doesn't wear sunscreen after 4 p.m., if you want your tattoos to look good, you're going to have to wear sunscreen. And if you want to look tan, you're going to have to fake tan. I'd like to say. <laughs> he doesn't I, wear suntan or sunblock ever. I I do when I'm in the sun. I'm not in the sun all that much. I think the verbiage of I never wear it past 4 p.m. means that I'm out baking on the beach <laughs> after 4 p.m. Now, maybe a I drunken think you're pool. Out, yeah, I was going to say, you're out baking somewhere, though. Just because it's not <laughs> a beach doesn't mean you don't see, need sunscreen. That's maybe right. Maybe occasionally. <laughs> can, we have a, can we have a mild flashback? What was it, uh, August, where we went to uh, get our photos done? Ben, you were a little pink because you had a... Oh, yeah. You had been yeah, in the sun just true. a day or two prior. Yeah, I did. Like, today you're that. fine. Today I'm fine, yeah. Last month yeah. you were fine, but August you were July and August maybe there's a You were extra. yeah you were you were a nice honey baked ham. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, that nice pink hue about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh I'm there. Like I depends on the color I wear, that that also changes my shade. Now when you head to Brazil, your body hasn't seen sun like that in a while. What's your plan of attack, Laura? Oh, I will be lathering up in SPF 60 like I do every single day, and I will be fake tanning. That's what I will be doing. There will be no questions. So there'll be little I, to no real tanning while you're there? No, I don't I don't tan. I stopped tanning a while ago. I was obsessed. When I used to farm for my dad, I used to drive tractor into a bikini, which really got <laughs> some of the people you rent the field from. They were, whew, they were creepy. Um, but now that I'm older and I realize, again, the risks of of cancer and also premature aging and all of that jazz. Nah. And and also, if you do any kind of skincare and you're not wearing sunscreen on your face, you are asking for like chemical burns because some of that stuff does not react with the sun very well. Uh, so anyway, nope. I just sunscreen up. I'm going to get my fake tan on at home probably a day or two before. Um, and that's it. Have you uh, simple. have you chased a like can arrive app or what does it look like in your return back into Canada for te- you have to will you have to have a full PCR test in Brazil? It's like forty eight hours. That's a prior. great question. That's I, a great question. I haven't got that far. I don't even have travel insurance at this point. I opted <laughs> not to go for the 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 flight attached travel insurance yeah. because like the COVID insurance was like two hundred something bucks per person. Ouch. I felt like that was a little wild. So. Still need to look into a couple of those things, but now nah, we'll figure it out. I'm hoping I can buy the test in Brazil because it'll be a heck of a lot cheaper. I think you likely, likely. Uh, I'm just looking. Oh, when returning to Canada, recreational travelers must provide proof of a negative COVID-19 test taken within 72 hours before the return flight or planned arrival at the land border. Only accept a molecular test, so a PCR test. What's that? That's the, the PCR test? couple hundred bucks. Yeah, in Canada, yeah. in Brazil, it's going to be like 50 bucks. That's what I'm saying. So whatever. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm fully prepared to take whatever test. I am traveling during a pandemic. Whatever. That's fine. I would say it's totally worth it to 
get that butt on the beach, see Brazilian family members for Christmas. I'm trying to learn Portuguese and not tell them about it, and I just want to surprise them. That's super fun. I love that. How much? I've been trying really hard. It's it's a. I gotta tell you, I feel for people who have moved to a country where they don't know the native language at all, or even if you've done any kind of travel on your own in a country where people don't speak your language, you know, and and like English isn't a second language because a lot of countries you travel to, you can normally get away with speaking English. Brazil's not one of those countries. Oh really? Uh, oh, it's not. No, no, like. I lucked out. Hinato already learned English when he was in school. However, he did go to a school that his parents paid for and he took English extra on his own. Like he went and sought out that. But it's not common for people to know English in Brazil. You might bump into people who happen to speak a little bit of English, but it's not it's not like we'd ever be able to talk like this like you and I are. And I got to say, listening. So I'm trying to learn through audiobooks this time. I did the Duolingo thing last time. It was okay, but I like the audiobooks because I can still get stuff done around the house. I don't have to be sitting there looking at my phone. But it is exhausting. You get huh. and I forgot how exhausting it feels because even trying to speak Portuguese to my in-laws the last two times I've been to Brazil, like there are some times when normally me and Hinata will go on a road trip while we're in Brazil somewhere like just the two of us. And when I can finally just be in a room speaking my own language to somebody, it's like it's almost like a relief because your brain gets so tired trying to morph words into what they're supposed to be in another language. It's like you want to say this, but how do you say it? It's it's super tiring. I couldn't imagine like just deciding to pick up and move to a new country where you don't speak the language because it's like that's a a level of tired you might not get a relief from until you actually just know how to speak this other language. Yeah, agreed. That's true. Yeah, for sure. My open Oma moved from Holland to Canada and didn't speak a single word. They had one set of cousins here, but that was it. And then they didn't move with the cousins. They stayed for a couple of weeks and then another two-hour drive and they end up, ended up in Owen Sound. And obviously had to figure it out quick because they had their first of what was nine kids arriving over the span of the next 12 years. Boom, 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 boom. You got to learn English soon enough. And then, because my mom grew up mostly speaking Dutch, and then in school is where she predominantly learned a, a lot of her English. My dad, on the other hand, he is Canadian, and uh, one of the tother is very much <laughs> Canadian slang. There's, <laughs> there's no German hidden in that or anything like that whatsoever. That's just the Bruce, what do we call it, the Bruce County accent? Oh, yeah, that's the Bruce County accent. Mm-hmm. Although tether is a definitely, that's because you get closer to Gray County. I'm not Sorry, lie. Katie, Katie Ontario oh, yeah. is in Gray County. You're right. That is a, that's a uh, Gray County. No, my mom goes along the lines. And now she grew up in London. However, she's definitely Bruce County. And now uh, in the heart of like Kincardine area, it's like town. Uh, I do hear a lot of people say use guys. Um, you know, stuff like that. Well, what- you damn are you now? Lot, <laughs> not a lot of vowels. You get used to that stuff. And that's a funny thing, too, is like you have to recognize what the regional accents are in different languages, too. Like England, for example. I cannot get over how many different accents there are. Sorry, the UK. Oh, yeah. That is crazy how many different accents they have. Absolutely. And it, you can... I had a hockey buddy that lived here for about eight to 10 years, then moved back. And just in conversation in the room, he's like, oh, yeah, you can tell where someone's from without them telling you because you just know exactly what part of the country they're from. It's like, are you kidding me? He's like, oh, no, no, like Cockney accent. It's like, sounds tough and rough because that's the part of the, the country that they're growing up in. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then you have someone like Adele who's a lot more posh in, 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 in mm-hmm. sound yep, based on where, uh, where they grew up. So 
pretty interesting. Now, will Heinato come back? His Portuguese will be just super tight, and will his English get a little bit crappier, or is he locked that in well enough? Uh, no, his English definitely does get crappier. I've been joking with him anyway, saying that his English is turning to dog shit because he... Uh, <laughs> no, really. He So let me give you a glimpse. This is why I get overloaded at home trying to learn Portuguese is because the second I turned my audiobook off, I can hear there is one or two podcasts that he watches all the time. So I am actually always listening to Portuguese in the background, but I can never understand it. <laughs> So I'm always hearing, like, it's almost like I'm in Brazil in my own house. I definitely hear more Portuguese than I do English. So I've noticed, but this is a newer routine of his. He's gotten into this throughout the pandemic working from home. And I, I tell him sometimes, I'm like, I think your English has actually gotten worse throughout it. Because, again, when you're in Canada talking to your friends that know your own native language, of course you're going to speak it. So, you know, go to a Brazilian house party. I'm the only person speaking English their group WhatsApp chats. It's all fala portugues. Like, it's all, it's crazy. One of my uh, favorite, and it still stands out, Sarah and I, it was the very first time I had left the country. I had, I had not, no, sorry, I shouldn't say that. Well, I left the continent because I had been to Florida in grade seven, and that was the extent of my travel outside of a few stops in Canada. We end up going to Cuba. That's the first vacation Sarah and I, we go away on together. We're She's just turned 20. I'm like 22, just about to turn 23. We're staying at a solid three and a half star in Cuba. Oh, so that's like a good two star. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) And I say that with love. I love Cuba, but. Well, flight included, uh, it was 700 bucks a person. Yeah, man, I love that. So there's that. We're in the hotel, just one of those uh, tropical rainstorms that, you know, last for an hour at most kind of thing. So we're in there early uh, afternoon hanging out. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a little nap, we'll watch some TV. And I'll never forget, I'm in there. I turn the TV on, and it flashes across. I'm like, oh, American television. That's cr-. I, I thought with Cuba and America, they, no, 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 they're, they don't love America, but they will definitely take their TV. Uh-huh. And it was like, and, and super facts, uh, uh, you know, I hear the Spanish, then I hear, and hey, CSI New York. Like, <laughs> CSI New York. I love it. And I uh, became it. a CSI New York fan from that day on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's still, I mean, geez, that was 20 years ago and uh, still locked in my head. I'm. I was, the first time we went to Cuba, I was asking a lot of, I wanted to learn a little bit of Spanish and I knew that I wouldn't get very far, but I was asking just, I'd ask like the groundskeepers or whatever, like any of the servers around what certain things meant, which I'm sure bothered them. But I asked a, a groundskeeper what iguana was in Spanish. And he's like, iguana? It's like, yeah, iguana. And then I pointed at one because it was right there. And I was like, I was curious. And he's like, iguana? He's like, yes, iguana. How do you say iguana in Spanish? He's like, eh. Uh, iguana. <laughs> Hold on, let me write that down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn it. Uh, when you struggle, you hear people like, agua. Can I get some agua? Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah. yeah. Dos cervezas, <laughs> poor favor. When we were doing a French class as a kid, because we grew up on the farm, we'd always say, bongiorno. Oh, yeah. Too. <laughs> like, we'd always throw on our Bruce County ex French oh, accent. Yikes. It would be so yeah. funny. So, in uh, this show, so recording on uh, on Wednesday, because some holiday stuff, got into conversation. Laura brought in part of Virgin Radio FYI. We're seeing an increase, an uptick to 15 bucks an hour for the minimum wage. That does include those that serve alcohol. And a couple interesting comments by way of text surrounding that. Some getting it, some not. Some talking about how restaurant owners take 5 up to 20% of your tips. 
Which, where? yes, is, I believe, an illegal practice. We got a few people texting well. us that. Uh, my thing, I'm, I'm positive it is an illegal practice. But my thing is, just because it's illegal doesn't mean people don't do it. We have Dumb Local Criminal, like basically a weekly feature on the show. People do illegal things. And also, restaurant owners in many cases are very aware that the servers, the bartenders, kitchen staff, uh, bar back, whatever, they're just happy to have a job. So they're not really going to, you know, go to the authorities over a percentage of yeah. the tip or something yeah. along those lines. There's other ways of doing it too. Like technically the owners did take a percentage of my tip that I worked at because they would charge uh, or I would get charged for uh, credit card payments. If somebody used their credit card, a fraction of a percentage would come off my tips because so much of it was brought in on credit card, which again, I was like, you know, you take the hit, it's a few bucks a day or something like that. It's not really the end of the world, but uh, there are like, I just feel like that's probably going to be a larger practice. I mean, we all know anybody, like we all know people that work in the restaurant industry and the bar industry. Not everything is above board no, from the, no. uh, serving portions to watering down beverages to many other things. I worry that this, and I don't want to be irresponsible with what I'm saying, but I just worry that the restaurant owners are going to be doing more practices like that to make up for the fact that they have a very small margin of profit in the first place. Even when you look at like a bottle of wine, when it's like 200% from what you get at the LCBO, that bottle of wine is making up for the, you know, four or 5% difference in, in a lot of food also covering, you know, obviously the overhead, the yeah. people creating it, that sort of thing. I know you look at like, you know, 20 bucks for a pasta dish, you are like, that's only a few cents worth of pasta. There's a lot of time and effort and everything that goes into those pasta dishes. Yeah. So it, like there is, and crazy, crazy, crazy overhead on that sort of stuff. So the profit margins are low. It's going to be very difficult, I think, for small business owners and and restaurant owners to pay that 15 Dollar minimum wage. So to be official on this, uh, as of 2015, the province it is provincially regulated, but at this point in Canada, the business owner and managers cannot legally take or retain tips earned by their employees. It's the Protecting Employees Tips Act. The provincial act dictates that employers cannot withhold gratuity or deduct tips from their employees. So it does protect wait staff from having their tips seized to cover things like wasted food and drinks or broken glassware or plates. However, this act allows for employers to collect tips for tip pooling purposes. Mm. So they get around and go, yeah, we're pooling tips. And then there's 10% back to miscellaneous. I have a friend of mine who works for a large chain, and one of his jobs is to collect all the tips and portion it out. So he is sitting at a table by himself with wads of cash that he's putting in envelopes for everybody. Like, he is a he, responsible guy, but who's to say that everybody oh. in this organization is like, everybody get, like, I'll just take exactly the amount as everybody else. I guarantee you, <laughs> especially in a tip-based job, you'll do a little, you know, you'll skim a little from here and there. So my, my parents had a restaurant, and we lived above it in an apartment, yeah. so they had it for 18 years. I, more often than not, saw certain people tips that were, if it was a large table, and a large table in a small restaurant is like 12 people. And a breakfast joint too, yeah, right? So it's yeah. not like, yeah. So, I mean, we were still open all day and up until 8 p.m., but I would see there were certain servers that would just take the whole tables where the tips are in my head. I'm like, that's not right because yeah. you would help. Yeah. And my dad didn't touch it. He, that was his thing. Was like, yeah. That's your tip. And back then, it was they were making like five eighty an hour. It was a yeah. joke. Well, people get desperate. I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, talk any servers or bartenders out there, but people... 
do get desperate when it comes to paying the bills. And I also know several servers that they'll, you know, <laughs> they'll be extra kind to some to some yep. uh, employ or some uh, member uh, guests and that sort of thing. And they'll uh, people will do extra things for extra tips. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. It's just it's tough. It's tough for everybody because that really sucks for restaurant orders to do. Like it's another thing for them to try and keep up with. Yeah. It's also. There's so many, like, you could go back and forth about it forever, right? Because it's like, oh, well, people don't make enough money, but at the same time, neither do restaurants. Nobody does. Like, no one is making enough money at this point, yeah. except for Jeff Bezos. Yeah. <laughs> he and Elon and all those fellas, yeah, at no time soon are they uh, are they going to be hurting in any way, shape, or form. Where is it going to change how you tip, though, knowing that as of Gen 1, if you go out for dinner and you order a couple of beverages, is it going to change, you know, you're leaving your 20% and all that kind of stuff? No, probably not. Probably not. I'll probably not. get the same. Yeah. I mean, I... I won't be increasing it. We did get a text from somebody saying, I've been tipping 40% to try and make up for everything. And you know what? I, I do... People who have said... I see this often a lot online a lot saying, don't go out for dinner if you can't afford to tip. And yeah. I honestly think that's so f***ing classist. People deserve to have a nice time out. Sorry they can't tip you like half of the percent of your meal cost yeah. like you're expecting yeah but like i remember like for some people it is such a treat and you save up to go out of course you're gonna try it well i'd hope that people try to tip if they can and i think you pe people should be tipping based on whatever it is right now but just to say oh if you can't afford to tip don't go out that's kind of like saying like pay your workers a living wage yeah, still behind that number, but you know you're absolutely right. For me, the uh, the tip will come if I go to a restaurant. I have full expectation I'm going to tip. It has to. I have to be pretty upset with how the night went to not lay down a tip. Yeah, because it's the what happened behind the scenes. Did they miss mm -hmm. something? Did a manager forget to order something and then not relay that information to the front of the house? Yeah. So there's a lot of factors that come into play. I don't love just. I mean, like everything else, how everything's just gone up. When I was a server. 15% was standard and you were happy with it. 20% was like, was pretty incredible. And again, I don't want to sound again like, oh, back in my day, you know, anything like that. But I am talking less than 10 years ago. It's not yeah. that long ago. Yep. But now everybody, like the standard seems to be at 20%. You get the sometimes on a bill, 18% automatically added on for large groups and all that sort of thing. Totally agree with that because you don't mm -hmm. want to completely stiff somebody. That sucks. But- now that, like, I hit, I don't remember where I was, but with the preset options now, it's like, you want to tip by percentage? Yes. Here are your options. 20, 25, 30%. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? What? what? <laughs> you get, you have, get, give me extra steps now in order to just do a regular 15%. Yeah. I understand everybody's trying to, again, you're trying to get any extra scratch you can, but expectations, I think, are a lot higher than they ever were. I'm on the yeah. same train in, in, in that sense, because now- there's a couple of different places I love to grab a quick lunch, easy, I'll use healthy in air quotes, like yeah. uh, chicken, rice, a variety of that. Every debit machine I touch now, there's a tip option. I walked into you. Like, yeah, I get it's a business, but that's why I'm giving you the 14 or $15 you're asking for chicken and rice. So am I going to add another four bucks on? No, not today. No, not, exactly, not today. Yeah. If it gets yeah. delivered to my house, that's a whole different story. In a, in a way, I'm sure to some I sound like a complete ween on this one, 
But then look at it the other side. Like how crazy expensive. What is their requirement from a customer? So we pay you for what you're selling and a mandatory tip too. Yeah. It's like then just work it in the price because I don't. That enough will piss me off not to go back. Yeah, there. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you're kind of pitting the people, like not you specifically, but I mean. It's just like pitting the people who are making minimum wage at the restaurant against people who are making minimum wage trying to go and enjoy that restaurant. You know, yeah, it's not yeah. like this is not the only industry that is hurting for wages really badly. It's super awesome, I think, for uh, alcohol servers that they're going to be able to make at least minimum wage. Because I, I never understood that you get a job where you get you have to deal with some angry or disgusting or terrible people. Like for me, I'm happy to tip on top of them making minimum wage, whatever. That's fine with me. But Mm -hmm. like people, I think when this debate comes up, people always forget like people, everybody is struggling for money or most people, not just Bezos, he's not struggling, but (laughs) most people are struggling with money right now. You got it. People need to be more understanding on all fronts. It's like, and 20% for me has been the standard for probably the past five years. And that's because I kept seeing it on uh, one of Southwestern Ontario's most popular food groups, Food in the Water of the Region. I kept seeing people be like, well, how dare you not pay at least 20%? However, 20% is my standard now. That's what I, that's the tip you're getting. End of story. I, there's, to me, on both sides, there, so on the server side, I personally know some people who feel very entitled to getting that 20% no matter how their quality of service is, which is not a great expectation. I also think that, honest to God, the difference between a five, like the 5%, 15 to 20%, is really pretty negligible. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's maybe five bucks, <laughs> that sort of thing, if you're looking at a $100 meal. Uh, I... If I'm spending the money, I'm going to spend the money, and 20% is usually where I go. If it's like an in and out, if it's a breakfast or something like that, you know, I'll probably do 15% because that's just what I'm used to, and that's to mm-hmm. me still kind of the standard of what it is. They're not. I I really don't know a lot of people, especially at like smaller joints that are like they'll remember my face next time I come in and yeah. I'm going to get worse service because I only See, get 15% my, out of 20. That's like one of my number one fears. See, that's another, and that's like it's almost equivalent to the. Uh, the people who feel entitled that they should get twenty percent, people who leave out of leave this good tip out of fear, that's all, like you're not the main character in their story. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they are probably not going to remember you one way or another. If you're like a forty percenter, then yeah. <laughs> but I, I just no, think that... yeah. But for me, percent isn't as a oh, this tip. It's it's like a this tip isn't bad. Please don't spit in my food next time. And I'm not saying everybody does that. I'm just saying I worked at McDonald's, so obviously I have a fear of that. I did I witness anybody on my Mick crew doing it? No. But have I did I hear rumors? Could they be high school based solely? Maybe. Yeah, but either way, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. So I always don't it's not necessarily like I never want to be a dick to anybody working their job, but it's you don't want to leave uh bad taste in anybody's mouth For sure. including my own yeah and my <laughs> angle is that i do understand like walking into a, a restaurant to do some pickup uh meaning like a like a shawarma place you know what i mean like the kind of stock and standard in a plaza rather than being like tipping i'm if the food's good i'm just going to come more frequently i'm going to try to come Absolutely. once a week and to me that matters more than paying once and then being pissed off yeah. i had to tip you yeah because then i'm like i'm not going to go back 
I, I, to me, honestly, and this was as a result of COVID. I mean, we're talking about how people are struggling during COVID. Um, we were a one-income family for a little while, and that tightened things up quite a bit. Sure. I would prefer going to a pizza joint to pick up my pizza. I want to save on the delivery, whether it's five bucks or whatever. I want to save on the tip. And I also would prefer to go to a place that doesn't give you the tip option at the counter when it's just a walk-in only and place. You're stand- and they're looking at you. Yeah, they're, they're staring at you. And I, in my mind, I'm like, why am I tipping you? I'm doing all, like, thanks for making my food that I paid for. Yeah. But I'm doing the extra legwork here. Yeah. But on the other hand, when I, when I have the POS pad in front of me and it's no tip option, in my mind, I'm going, whew, <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. My favorite is it has a tip option. You hit zero. Hit enter, and then they respond with, would you like a copy of your receipt? Yeah. No, no, oh, no, please. <laughs> no, no, I'm good. I'll see you later. Bye. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we'll see how this plays out. January is coming real quick, friends. Uh, this is just a little pop-by, a little check-in. Uh, thanks, as always, for being uh, being a part of the podcast. We have the daily show recaps, the things we said on the radio podcast, then the once-a-weeker where it's uh, things like this from tattoos, Halloween candy. Parents, terrible language skills, Laura's Christmas vacation, just a little bit of uh, odds and ends on all of this podcast. Be well, and we will chat soon.